If you've got your Bibles with you or on your phone or your iPod, just pull that out and, and turn to 1 Samuel 30. It's in the Old Testament and the Old Testament is basically just the account of God's, God's dealing with people in the earth before Jesus Christ came. How he interacted with his people, Israel and the world at large. And this is one of those stories out of, out of the Old Testament. And this story, all these stories in the Bible, it, it's, it's for us today. It's rich for us today. So every story that's in there has, has a pl- application to us and our lives. And this is yet another one of those stories. So if you start, if you read through with me, it says three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag. They had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives were among those captured, David was now greatly distressed because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters and they began to talk of stoning him. But David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He said to Abathar the priest, bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought it. The ephod was, was a, um, like a, a vest sort of covering that the, priests, uh, the high priests would wear when they were um, interacting with God, I suppose. So he says, bring me the ephod. Then David asked, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David and his 600 men set out and they came to the brook Besor. But 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued the, the pursuit with 400 men. We just skip through to verse 16. So David and his men found the Amalekites spread out across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast amount of plunder they had taken from the Philistines and the land of Judah. David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout that night and the entire next day until evening. David got back everything the Amalekites had taken and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken, David brought back everything. He also recovered all the flocks and herds, uh, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock. This plunder belongs to David, they said. Then David returned to the brook Besor and met up with the 200 men who had been left behind because they were too exhausted to go with him. They went out to meet David and his men, and David greeted them joyfully. But some evil troublemakers among David's men said, They didn't go with us, so they can't have any of the plunder we recovered. Give them their wives and children and tell them to be gone. But David said, No, my brothers, don't be selfish with what the Lord has given us. He has kept us safe and helped us defeat the band of raiders that attacked us. Who will listen when you talk like this? We share and share alike, those who go to battle and those who guard the equipment. From then on, David made this a decree and regulation for Israel, and it is still followed today. When he arrived in Ziklag, David sent part of the plunder to the elders of Judah, who were his friends. Here is a present for you taken from the Lord's enemies, he said. 
These gifts were sent to the people of all, of all the towns David and his men had visited. I'll just cut that a bit short there because there was a heap of towns there that I couldn't pronounce. So I'll just, <laughs> we'll just make it all the towns. So this, this, this David guy, if, you, if you're not familiar with the Bible, this is David who would later become King David, King of all Israel. And he's, he's, um, he's, he's got his band of men and, and they're running with him basically and he's, uh, they're running with David at this time. But this event is a picture, it can be a picture and a type of, of the church in this very day. It can be a picture of it, of how church can be. And, you know, there are times in your life when things get robbed from you. Things get stolen from you. And, and you know what? Sometimes it's just, it just happens. There's no, it's not necessarily something you've necessarily done wrong or something somebody else has necessarily done wrong. But you just find that somewhere along life, something gets robbed from you and taken from you. There's a loss of people, relationships, goods, riches and spoils. Things that God wants us to be blessed with. Things that... And also just the general goodness of God to mankind that he wants to give people. Because the Bible says that he's a good God and he wants to provide good things for people. You know, maybe, maybe you're sitting here and you've lost, you had a good marriage at one stage, but you lost it. Something came in and it got broken down. That you, you used to talk all the time, you used to have a good relationship, but now it's distant. It's broken apart. And you've lost that, that fruitful thing in your life that, that was producing fruit in you and, and giving out to others around you. Maybe you lost your, your, your mental capacity. You used to have a sound mind. At school, you'd do all the subjects. You'd, you'd, you'd listen to the te- you'd listen to people. But now you find that you're, you're confused and there's, a, there's, a, there's something in your mind that you can't get out of your head. Maybe, maybe that got stolen from you. Maybe you lost... Maybe your children were, were, were going well, but then they got caught up in all sorts of things and got stolen out of your hands we, we can go on maybe you lost your financial stability maybe you had maybe you, you were in a good place and then suddenly it got it got robbed out of your hands and things went pear-shaped you, you lost a business or you lost a, something went wrong and now you're, you're, you're clutching at straws trying to recover what what you've lost maybe you lost your health at some stage and, and it got robbed from you. Maybe you lost your prayer life. Maybe you used to pray. Maybe you used to get up each day and pray and seek God in the morning and in the evening. But now you struggle to, to even go there. It, it's your Bible reading. It's been, you used to love the Bible. You used to get into the Bible and find these revelations. And, you know, it's the first thing you go to in your day. And now you you. you you feel like, oh, I just want to go watch TV. Or I, just want to, I just want to relax and just sit and watch YouTube or something. You've lost that. You, you've, something's been robbed out of your life. And maybe you've just lost your happiness for life. That was where I was at before I, before I became a Christian. I used to be this, 
happy kid. I've got heaps of photos and just about every one I was a smiling, smiling kid, happy in life with everything. And, you know, nah, nah, I was just happy all the time. But then it got robbed from me. And halfway, you know, when I was in my teenage years, I remember distinctly thinking, I wish I was happy. Where, where's it gone? And I'd try and smile, I'd try and force myself to be happy. And I thought, I just can't. I'm not, I just can't, I'm not happy anymore. How did that get robbed out of my life? And you might be feeling that today. That was my testimony. So in these things, it's, it's, yes, there's, our sinful nature plays a part in these things that get lost. We're not, we're not denying that. Maybe we, we, we were neglected or something. We, you know, we all play a part, but really behind the scenes, often that you don't see or recognise, is the devil. The devil is real and he's there to tempt and he's there to facilitate in any way he can anything in you that will cause these things to be lost and taken out of your life. And sometimes he just comes in and grabs them directly. But he hasn't got any, any right to do that. He hasn't got that right to do that in, in a Christian's life. Jesus came to restore what has been lost, what has been stolen out of our lives, and even four times as much. And so don't, don't blame God. Don't, don't blame God for, for... I mean, God, God prunes us and he prunes things out of our lives, but he always does that for us to produce fruit or to produce more fruit. So if there's something that was fruitful in God that was taken, then it was stolen from you. It wasn't something he pruned off. If you had a good prayer life and that got taken out, stolen from you, it certainly wasn't God doing that. If you had a good relationship, uh, family relationship with your kids and your family and all that, and that's been broken down, it wasn't God that destroyed that at all. If you, if you had health, if you had financial um, uh, stability, that these are things that God wants us to have. And so he's not going to prune things out of our life that are fruitful for us um, it, it, you know, in his kingdom and what he wants for, for people in general. And so if we see what happens in, in that story that we just read is that there's a point. Can we go to the next slide there? There's a point in 1 Samuel 36. David was now greatly distressed because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters and they began to talk of stoning him. You see, these men... In their grief, in their grief, they're grieving. They've lost something. Something's been taken from their life. And it's not wrong to grieve for these things. It's normal. But you see, when when that happened, what they they were grieved and they were confused. And what they started doing was, yeah, it's it's David's fault. Yeah. It, our, our, our leader, he's the problem. David is the problem. And so they identified David. He, he, this is what, if David had been on the ball, this wouldn't have happened. You know? And, 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 and our church in this day can get into that same mentality. And we get in the mentality, if, if Pastor Rob had a, you know, if he was on the ball, then 
my, kid, my kids wouldn't be in the place they are. If he, if he was doing his job properly, then, then I would be going, you know, I wouldn't have this, this problem in my life. I wouldn't have lost that. And we, and we wrongly apportion blame to people that are trying to lead and help us in life. And you know what? Pa- Pastor Rob and other, other leaders in the church, they're grieving for their own. You know, David was grieving as well. They, they've got losses in their own life. You know, that they're, trying to, that they're dealing with and, and saying, we're going to get this back. And meanwhile, the people around are saying, let's stone him to death. Because he's, he's, that, he's, the, he's the problem. David's the problem. And so they're confused, they're grieving, and they've got this out-of-whack perspective that they start to rise up against people that are on their side and people that are human like every, every one of us and, and, are, and are serving God and, and leading the people as God's called them to do. And so there's, a, there's another story in 2 Samuel 20 uh, about, you don't have to go there, but it's the story of Sheba, the son of Bichri. And it says that, actually before we go there, just if you're in that, if you're thinking, if you've got that mindset in your mind that it's, it's somebody's fault other than the devil coming in and robbing you and stealing you of, of, of that stuff, then you've got to really change your mindset. You've got to understand that you know, we understand that people are grieving for things, but you've got to change that mindset. You've got to turn that around. The Bible says, Dear brothers and sisters, honour those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. You've got to switch that mindset around. If we're going to take back what has been stolen from us, which is God's design and, and desire for us to do, then we have to work together. We can't be fighting against the, the, the pastor or, the, or other people who are, who are trying to lead us to that place. It's going to just break, everything's going to break down if we start doing that. We need everyone on board. And so, in, in 2 Samuel 20, there's a story of Sheba, son of Bichri, and he fostered that mindset. He had that mindset, I'm going to be, David isn't the man, I'm going to be the one. And so he fostered this mindset and it developed into something where he was, he was the one that was able to bring about this. He was the one that should lead, lead the people. And so even though he wasn't called by God. And so in the, in the end, he, Sheba gets bailed up in this city called Abel. And we'll, we'll look at the story there. When, he, when Sheba gets bailed up in, in Abel, it says when Joab's forces arrived, they attacked Abel. They built a siege ramp against the town's fortifications and began battering down the wall. But a wise woman in the town called out to Joab, Listen to me, Joab. Come over here so I can talk to you. As he approached, the woman asked, Are you Joab? I am, he replied. So she said, Listen carefully to your servant. I'm listening, he said. Then she continued, There used to be a saying, If you want to settle an argument, ask advice at the town of Abel. I am one who is peace-loving and faithful in Israel. But you are destroying an important town in Israel. Why do you want to devour what belongs to the Lord? And Job replied, Believe me, I don't want to destroy 
devour or destroy your town. That's not my purpose. All I want is a man named Sheba, son of Bichri, from the hill country of Ephraim, who has revolted against King David. If you hand over this one man to me, I'll leave the town in peace. All right, the woman replied, we'll throw his head over the wall to you. Then the woman went to all the people with her wise advice. They cut off Sheba's head and threw it out to Joab. So he blew the ram's horn and called his troops back from the attack. They all returned to their homes and Joab returned to the king at Jerusalem. There should have been an M rating on this, on this uh, thing, shouldn't there? There's a bit of blood and guts involved in the, in the Bible. But uh, so this, this Sheba run, runs to this city and gets barred up in this city. And, and this wise woman, this voice of wisdom in this situation comes and, and, it, and it's saying to us today, you know what, that, that mindset that you've fostered and built up in your mind, it, it's not only going to destroy you, it has the potential to destroy you, but also the people around you, also the city around you, also your, your friends and your family, those ones that you're talking to behind the scenes about, you know what, my, my son would have been serving God, but, but you know, Josh, Josh isn't doing a good enough job. He, he's not a good enough youth leader, you know. We need somebody else. Or, you know, it, it's, it's past, you know, Pastor Rob should have been praying for me more. If this, ha- you know, I wouldn't be in this situation. And so we start to, you know, we start to uh, rise up uh, against what God has put in place for our benefit. And then, and so this wise woman says, yeah, we'll give you the head of this bloke. So she goes and cuts off. Well, they go and cut off the head of Sheba and throw it over the wall. You know what, you've got, to, you've got to, that mindset that is growing and developing, you've got to cut that off. You've got to cut it off and get rid of it out of your life because you're in danger of losing not only yourself but though your family around you, the ones you're talking to and, and sort of gossiping about and talking about around the place. And sowing that sort of, um, you know, those words against people around you who are doing their very best and utmost to serve and to follow God as best they can for your, for your, your very benefit. And so, consider the real enemy that has done these things at time behind the scenes, subtly and in secret. Don't be deceived. Your leaders aren't the enemy. They're on your side. Get behind them, pray for them, back them up, support them, ask how you can help. And that, that's all written, that's all in the, in the, in the scriptures. So the, the real enemy, like the, the devil likes to be subtle and behind the scenes and, you know, just sow in a bit of lying, a bit of deception. Just sow in a couple of things in here and there and just feed those, those thoughts that you have. Just feed and get in there. And you've got to realise that he's real, although he likes to often remain in the background. And so at this point, David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then he said to Abathar the priest, bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought it. Abiathar brought it. And then David asked the Lord, so in this situation, David, David is he's grieved. Like he's he's lost his own, he's lost his wives, he's lost things himself, and on top of that, 
there's a whole group of men with stones in their pocket ready to come and kill, kill him. And, and so he, he's, he's had this time of grief, right? But then, and, he, and he's sort of consumed by that for a time, but then he says, hang on a minute. Something clicks in his mind. He says, hang on a minute. This, this isn't, I, I, serve a, I serve a mighty God. I serve a powerful God. And he encouraged himself in the Lord and he says, you know what, this, this isn't going to take me out. This isn't going to take us down. And so he goes back to God and he encourages himself in God. And he says to the priest, bring me that ephod. Bring me that garment. And so he puts on this garment. And the garment represents who he is in relationship with God. You know, I'm, I'm a son of God. I'm called by God. I'm a priest of God. I, I, have, I have these privileges and things on my life that cover me. And so he puts on this ephod, this, this, this uh, decorated vest, and, and, his, and his mindset is changed. He's like, you know what? I'm, I might have had something wrong, but I'm not the defeated. I, I can get this thing back. And, and so he, he starts to seek God. And so he, he, you know, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And so he goes to God and he says, God, what, what should I go after them? Should I pursue them? And, and God says, yes, pursue it, take after it, go after it, get it back. And that's what he's saying to us today as a church. That's, that's, what, that's what you hear. When you start to say, hey, I am, I'm a son or daughter of God, and start to ask God and say, what's your, what's your advice in this situation? What should we do? Then you'll hear him say, go and get it. Go and get back what was stolen from you. you I'll, I'll back you in it because he, he wants it in for you. He wants that fruitfulness in your life. And he'll tell you to go after it. And that's what we hear. That's what Pastor Rob is hearing. That's what others hear. That's, I'm sure, what you hear. It's not over. You know what, they, they said that none of these, none of the people that they stole were killed. You know what, and it's the same in our lives. It's not over. They're not dead. They're still there to recover. That thing that you thought is stolen from your life and lost and not able to be recovered, it's still alive. It's still alive. It can still be brought back. It can still be recovered into your life. And you need to believe that. And so David, he realized afresh who he was in God and his relationship to God. He went to God to seek advice and that's when, all, when it all became clear. Strength returned, a clear focus and direction returned, a motivation and desire returned to overtake and destroy the works of the devil and recover all. And so that's... That's what we're hearing. Yes, go after them. You'll surely recover everything that was taken from you. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that you will recover? If it's robbed from you, you will recover it. If your mind is clouded and confused, you can go and recover that. You can recover a sound mind. If your marriage is in tatters, you can recover that. You can go back and say, no, I am a son and daughter of God. We are serving God. We're going to recover this. 
or, or your finances. You say, we go and recover it. I used to be giving into this and that area, but I've, I've lost that, but I'm going to go and recover that. I used to be in the Word. Uh, you know, it used to be my favourite thing, to go, favourite book to go to. You can recover that. You can recover your prayer life. You can recover all that the devil has, has taken from you and stolen from you. In John 10, 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's Jesus Christ talking there. And in Psalm 30, 11 to 12, You have turned my mournful mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give you thanks forever. When I was saying about that, that joy that I lost, as, that I had as a kid, and I lost it, you know what? It got restored into my life. It got restored back. Yeah, there's, there's times of hard times in life now, no doubt, but inside there's this joy that will continue to rise up. And it's not something I have to force, it just rises up in me. I've got that happiness comes back all the time. There might be a time of bit discouragement or a bit of whatever, but then it comes back into my life and Jesus brought that back to me. He's the one that restores those things back into our life that have been lost and taken from us. And it says in Romans 8.31, If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? Imagine if David hadn't prayed and sought God's counsel. He would have never known, never pursued and never recovered. And if you don't do that in your own life today, you'll never pursue, you'll never know and you'll never recover. But, it, but you can. If God isn't on our side to help us, then we'll just stay in grief and unbelief and blame everything on God or on our leaders and have a sorry life. I don't want that sort of a life. Does anyone want that sort of a life? Surely not. Surely we don't want that, that, that sort of a life. There's a, big, there's a bigger reality if we would just tap into it. And so God is saying, you know, to us as one heart, go and recover all. These, these, see things restored in people discovering God for the first time and in our own lives personally. And, you know, see things restored, see things... And that, that is happening in this place. We're seeing it happening. So how are we going to recover all if we don't all get on board? See, there's a point there when David had to... David was... The men were against him. They were going to stone him. There was a point when he changed. He got the counsel of God and he had to go back to this group who were still probably against him, still probably grieving. And he had to deliver this word to them. He said, I've heard from God. There's no need to grieve anymore. We're, we're going to recover everything that was taken from us. And you could consider this voice, this, the Bible speaks that same thing to us today. What's coming out of my mouth today is that same word to you. If you're in that grief, if you're in that mindset, then the word... God is speaking out to you, go and recover all. Go and recover it. Don't sit there and stay there in that place. 
But in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says, But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? The start of the victory is through Jesus Christ. We get the victory together. We get all the fruit back that we lost. And we gain more fruit from the victory. But the starting point is there's victory in Jesus Christ. And this morning, if you don't have Jesus Christ in your life as your leader then how are you going to have victory? But if you do, then you're guaranteed victory. So if you don't have Jesus in your life today, you need to really consider what you want your future to be. Do you want to, do you want to continually be robbed and not restored? Or do you, want to, do you want to make that decision and say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want to follow you. And so... It goes on in this story. It says, 1 Samuel 30 in 9 to 10, it says, So David and his men and his 600 men set out and they came to the brook Besor, but 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued the pursuit with 400 men. And you know what? You might be sitting here today thinking, I hear what, I hear what you're saying and I'm on board. I want to be on board. I, I can hear that word and I've, and I've got, there's something stirring in my heart and my life and I'm ready to, to get on board and to start fighting with the, with the army. To start fighting against the real enemy in, in conjunction with, with, the people, with people leading uh, the church and others around us that are going together to, to recover these goods. You, you, I'm, I'm on board with that. You, you might be one of the 400 that says, yeah, I'm, I'm together, I'm on board with this. I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you in this. I can hear it and I'm with you and, I'm, and we're going to recover. But then you might also be part of that 200 that were too exhausted to cross the brook. You might be here, you might be hearing this and saying, Michael, I know I can hear what you're saying. I'm, I'm definitely on board. I've got that mindset, but you know what? At the moment, I'm just too exhausted. I'm just too exhausted to be on the front line. I'm too exhausted to be one of the ones that is fighting on the front line, bringing about and recovering these goods. And you know what? There's, there's, there's a place, you know, for a season. God acknowledges that in this, in this, in this uh, story. God acknowledges that. He says, you know what? If you're in that place... But, but it also says that they guarded, those, pe those 200 that were too exhausted to be on the front line, guarded the equipment. They stayed with the supplies. And you know what? If, if you're too exhausted to be on the front line, this is saying basically, we'll guard what we have. Guard, guard what is ours now. Guard the fruit that we have. Ser serving kids' church. There's kids there that need guarding and protecting. Serve there. There's a, there's a welcome team, you know, healthy welcome team that meet and greet people. Serve there. Guard what, is, guard what we have. If you haven't got the strength to go that next level and on the front line, guard what we already have. Guard the fruit that we have in this church right now and, and just serve in whatever way. You might only have the strength to do that, but that, that's right for a season. But, but help us. Help, help guard what, what God has given into this place. And you know what, we're all, we're all one family, one, one body, and we need to be kind-hearted to each other. 
there was a parable of the workers. Um, I'll get the music team up. There's a parable of the workers that, that uh, you know, went out into the fields and they got one denarii and the people that started well, got an amount, a figure and amount, and the people that started laboured all day got the one denarii and then the people that started at the very end of the day, like only worked for an hour, they got the one denarii as well. And God is generous and, and he'll give to us an equal reward uh, all, all together, we all get that equal reward, and, that, and that's God being gracious to us, and we, and we thank him for that. In 1 Samuel 30, 26 to 31, it says, do, if, do you want to stand up this morning as we, as we um, sing this morning? It says in 1 Samuel 30, 26 to 31, when he arrived at Ziklag, David sent part of the plunder to the elders of Judah, who were his friends. Here is a present for you, taken from the Lord's enemies, he said. The gifts were sent to the people of all towns David and his men had visited. And this, this, this story, this, this Old Testament thing that happened thousands of years ago, it's a picture for the church, us to now, today. But the other thing that David represented was not only leadership in, in that group for that people at that time, but David was a picture of Jesus Christ. He was a type of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is the one that took back all that the devil had stolen and restored it back to us. In Ephesians 4.8, it says Jesus captured the enemy and seized the spoils. He handed it all out in gifts to the people. Jesus, what David did then was a picture of Jesus, really, because he was the one. You know, in our lives, we got bitter towards Jesus. We got, he was our leader trying to lead us to victory and we said, no, we don't want you as, as leader in our life. You're the one that's caused all these problems. God, if only you'd been there at this time. God, if only you had protected me better, I wouldn't have lost this. Or that wouldn't have been stolen from me. We, we were doing the same thing to Jesus in our own life. He, he's, he's often the one we want to blame. But he's our victorious leader. You see, his heart toward us is unchanging. And even in the midst of us picking up stones to, to get rid of him out of our life, he's praying. He's seeking a solution for, for you. For you right now, you might be thinking, I don't want to know Jesus. I've never wanted to know him. Why? why? How has he ever helped me? But if you would, if you would just but see it, open your eyes this morning and see that he's always been for you. He's not against you. He's the, he wants to bring you victory. He wants to restore those things in your life. You, you, you're, you're apportioning blame to the one that loves you instead of the one that wants to steal, kill and destroy. Who, who subtly behind the scenes wants to take life from you and, and then blame it on God. You know what? 
Jesus was grieved for mankind, for the sins of mankind, and what had been lost in the Garden of Eden. And he did, he did, David did what Jesus did in the garden. He went to, to God. I'm your son. What's the battle plan? What, what, what's, how are we going to get this back for people? How are we going to restore back what's been lost to your creation, to the people that, that you created and love? And God gave him the battle plan. The Father gave him the battle plan. And Jesus was encouraged himself in God. He was encouraged in God, encouraged himself in God. And the battle plan was, Jesus, you're going to die. You're going to go to the cross. These people are actually going to kill you. But in that, you're going you're gonna, to... These people might kill you, but behind the scenes, you're bringing about an incredible victory. You're going into, into hell. You're restoring the goods, the spoils. You're bringing back what's been stolen in people's lives. And that's what Jesus did in the garden. He went down. He sought God's counsel. And God said, you know what? Go. You go, Jesus. You go and get it back. You go into those, the dark places, the deepest places, and get it back for people. And he's won it on our behalf. And so we've already, he's already given us the victory. But we, at the same time, need to get on board with him and, and be on the same page as a group of believers in the church. It says in 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So we're going to um, pray this morning. And if you've, if you've got anything basically anything that's been stolen from you that you think I want that back I'm not happy with that I want that back God God wants it back in my life it's a fruitful part of my life and I need to get that back and God's saying to you can get it back get on board get together with where 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 you're going where you where where the church is going we're not a perfect church no no there isn't one but get on board and you'll recover those things in your life. You'll recover those things back. That's what our aim and our heart and our goal is, to recover those things for people in this community. Recover things for you today. Recover those things. And so this morning, if you um, would like us to agree with you, we're going we're gonna to play through a, a song and we're gonna, you're welcome to come forward and we're going to agree together that what maybe has lost been stolen in your life will be restored we're going to agree together with you we're going to pray with you we're going to ask god that whatever it is you don't have to speak it out but god knows what it is god knows what's on your mind right now and he is going to restore that into your life um starting this morning so if you want to we're going to play through a song you're welcome to come forward and pastor rob um myself kimberly will pray with you and we're going to believe god for you that this thing that that you've lost will be restored back to your life do you do you believe that this morning let's let's come forward and pray